Good morning. Before we have our regular announcements, I do want to uh, mention that our youth rally um, is here uh, next Saturday. Um, that, that time has quickly come, come to us. So uh, I just wanted to remind everybody that next Saturday, starting at 9 o'clock, uh, we will have our youth rally here at the building. Um, we have several congregations from around the area that have uh, messaged me and are planning on being here. Um, so let's try to show out uh, well that day. Um, if you're not doing anything Saturday from 9 to 12, please be here. Um, we have classes for everybody, uh, kindergarten all the way to adults. Um, so please be here. Um, that will be a very, very good day, and I promise that you'll be blessed uh, to be a part of it. So mark it on your calendars, spread the word, invite some people, um, and be here on Saturday um, starting at 9. We'll feed you lunch. Um, we'll have good food to eat, and it'll be a good time of fellowship, and it'll be a good time to uh, meet some people from some other congregations and some kiddos from other congregations. So please make uh, an attempt to be here on Saturday from 9 to 1. Good morning. As Derek said, we're glad that you're here, and we do have some visitors with us, and we're extra glad that you're here, and you're here to worship God with us this morning. I want to remind everyone of our times of worship. Uh, Sunday morning Bible study at 9 o'clock. We worship at 9.50, and then we'll meet again tonight at 5 o'clock, and then also Wednesday nights at 7. The, there's a list of items in the foyer for our pantry this week, if you would take a look at that, pick up some things as you're out this week so we can restock the pantry. And uh, I know our benevolence uh, group would enjoy that and appreciate that very much. We have a few people that are sick at home this morning. Sister Sheila Groves is at home this morning. Brother Al Clark is at home. And Sister Daphne Crowder is at home sick. Also Jackson Sargent is at home sick. And Mary Costello is at home sick. So let's keep all of these in our prayers. And it's also good to see Bill Lamb back with us today. He's had some minor surgery, and we're glad that he's back and able to be out and among us today. I uh, also want to mention, Brother Artie mentioned that he will be leaving town today and be flying to Philadelphia and be there all week. And he just requests prayers for safe travels and a safe return and uh, safety while he's there as well. We do have a, uh, Barbara Walford in the hospital. She is back at Centennial. And she's not doing very well. And let's remember that family in our prayers and Brother Willie and uh, lift them up to God in prayer on, on their behalf. We do have um, a few that we need to mention that have passed away. Um, Gail Smith, the aunt of Doug Parks, and Alexa Johns passed away this morning. And as at the moment, there are no arrangements, but as soon as we get those, we'll pass those on to you. Also, Donnie Flatt, who is the nephew of Tim Delk, passed away Friday night, and he is at the Gilbert Funeral Home in visitation. It will be tomorrow from 10 until 9, and Tuesday beginning at 9, and then the funeral, the funeral will be at 2 on Tuesday. Also, Lauren Lewis, who is the cousin of April, June, Olivia, and Clara Fleming passed away Wednesday. And visitation is today from 3 until 5. And she is at the Alexander Funeral Home in Gallatin, and her funeral will be at 5. And she was 18 years old. So let's remember that family in our prayers as well. 
There is a lengthy list of things to bring attention to. So if you would grab your bulletin this morning, that would be a great uh, reminder for you for things that are coming up. We want to make sure we mark our calendars for a baby shower for Katie Brooks. That will be next Sunday from 2 until 4. And in the bulletin, it tells you where she's registered at. Also tomorrow, Happy Hearts will be meeting here at 1130. And so the theme is bring something unpredictable. Also a reminder that next Sunday evening is our fourth Sunday fellowship meal after the evening worship and zone one is responsible for the setup and cleanup. Um, I have a note about the World Christian Broadcasting Dinner, which will be this coming Thursday evening at 6.30 at the Marriott at Cool Springs. And um, Brother Chris Crowder says he needs to know today if you are attending or not. And if the number is exceedingly over what the table will hold, they'll find a place for you. Um, Throughout the Brotherhood, all of our, all of our appreciation dinners and, and fundraising dinners do a great job of making sure you have somewhere to sit because they want as much support as possible for the work and what they're doing. So let him know today if you plan on attending that on Thursday. Also, Brother Crowder wanted me to make this note mentioned um, to our family at Fountainhead. Friday the 13th was a lucky day for the Crowder family. More accurately, we were richly blessed by many members of this congregation who helped us load and unload a 26-foot moving truck. We are also thankful for those who prayed that the weather would hold up and everything would go smoothly, which it did. We couldn't have done it without you, especially with Daphne still trying to recover from the flu. We ask for continued prayers for the kids as we, as we transition to the new house, that the, work will, that the work that needs to be done for us to move in quick, goes quickly and well and that the final move goes as well as this one or the one this weekend. Thank you all and God bless, and that's from the Crowder family. And we're thankful that they're here, and we're blessed that they're here. And so we pray that all will go well with that. Uh, other things that we need to mention, uh, the nursing home services today at the bridge are at 1 o'clock, and Zone 2 is in charge of those today. Um, also... We need six to nine people to teach and assist for one to two hours each at VBS on June 16th. And we have age groups from cradle roll to kindergarten. If you can help with this or in any other way with the VBS, please let Sammy Durant know. And he would pr greatly appreciate that. Uh, also, Brother Chris, uh, Brother Chris Pettit, Brother Kerry Pettit needs to meet with all who are going on the canoe trip uh, downstairs this morning after worship to make sure that all the, the uh, plans and preparations are finalized for that and we are all on the same page knowing what's going on. Um, it was already mentioned our community outreach program met yesterday and most of all of the packets were uh, picked up and, and uh, secured, but there's still a handful of packets left and if you need any information on that, get with Brother Artie. He will get you set up and ready to go. And then I have one more note this morning that I need to mention. Um, our young ladies Bible class downstairs uh, over the course of the last, Jennifer, would you say a couple of weeks or the last week, um, wrote uh, some letters to the, the congregation or to a congregation uh, in Marshall County 
where they had the school shooting. And so I'm just going to read a response that this congregation worded back to them. Dear Jennifer, dear Jennifer in Bible class, words don't seem sufficient in expressing our thankfulness to you. You reached out and offered comfort at a time when we desperately sought it. The 14 Marshall County High School students you wrote to and prayed for are our sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, cousins, and friends. When you encouraged them, you also encouraged us. You have put the words of Hebrews 8.24 into action. What you have done will not be forgotten, not by us, nor by our Father in heaven. We are forever thankful for you and looking forward to one day thanking you in person when we meet you in heaven. With so much love and gratefulness, your brothers and sisters at Walnut Grove Church of Christ. And we'll post this back there on the bulletin board so you can see it as well. Um, but what an encouragement to those there and to us here to see good things like this going on. Brother Eddie, have I left anything out? <laughs> kind of hard to find you this morning. Those who participate this morning, Brother Mickey Thompson will lead us in song. Brother Kerry Poole will have our first prayer. Brother Ronnie Durrett will have our reading. Brother Matt Miller will bring us a message in just a few moments. And Brother Artie Baxter will have our closing prayer. Let's go to God in prayer before we start this morning. Father, we're thankful for the day and we're thankful for the blessings that have come with it. We're thankful for this time when we can meet together and we can put all the cares of the world aside. And we pray, Father, that as we meet this morning and we praise you, we study a portion from your word that our faith will be increased, that our faith will strengthen, and Father, that we can be better equipped to not only live our life as you would have us to, but we can help others to find you and know you and obey you. And Father, we're thankful for that opportunity, and we're thankful for all who are here this morning, and we pray for those who are not with us for various reasons. But we most want to thank you for Jesus and the sacrifice he made for us. Father, help us to be that shining example that we can be to all whom we come in contact with. Thank you so much for him. Thank you so much for your love for us. It's in his name we pray. Amen. This will be our psalm for the Lord's Supper. <clears throat> Low in
Before the Lord's Supper this morning, I'll be reading from Mark 14, 22 through 25. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and break it and gave it to them and said, this is, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of that fruit of the vine until that day that I drank it new in the kingdom of God. Thanks for the bread. Our dearly Father, we're so thankful to thee for this first day of the week and for what it means to us as Christians. We're thankful, Father, for the opportunity that we have to gather around thy table, Father, to commemorate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray now, Father, that you might bless this bread, which Christ said was his body, that as we partake of it, Father, that we might let our minds go back to the cross, we might remember the suffering that Jesus endured for the sins of all mankind. We pray, Father, that we'll examine ourselves and partake of this bread in a worthily manner, in a manner that's pleasing and acceptable in thy sight. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Pray with me. Likewise, Heavenly Father, we pray that you be with us as we partake this fruit of the vine, which Jesus said was his blood, which he so gracefully shed for the covering of our sins. Father, we pray that as we do so, that you help us to put all the worldly things aside and, and remember that suffering. All this we pray in his holy name. Amen. This concludes the Lord's Supper. We now give thanks for the offering. Our Honey Father, we're so thankful for all the blessings of life. We're grateful, Father, for the health and the ability that you give each one of us to go out into the world and to earn a living, provide for our families. We pray now, Father, as we return a portion of that back into thee, Father, we might do so willingly, might do so cheerfully in a manner that's pleasing and acceptable in thy sight. We pray, Father, that these funds might be used to further thy cause and thy kingdom here upon this earth. This be our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
with me dear father we are so thankful that you've given us each the health and the opportunity to rise up out of our beds this morning to come before you and to be able to praise your high and holy name to know that you love us you love us enough that you sent your only begotten son of this world that we might have that home with thee when this life is over we just thank you for that kind of love dear father May we exemplify that kind of love to the community and all those that we come in contact with each and every day of our lives. Dear Father, we are mindful of those who have been mentioned this morning as being sick and shut in. We ask that you would be with them, give them a measure of health, dear Father, if it be thy will, and be with the caregivers as they attend unto them. We are thankful, dear Father, that You've allowed Brother Bill to be back with us after his surgery. We just ask for continued strength for him. We thank you, dear Father, for the avenue of prayer, especially at this time, dear Father. We're, we're asking you to, to be with the families who have lost loved ones here of this congregation and of the community hereabout. We ask that you would be with each one of us as we try to be the, uh, the light to someone in need in a time of loss, that we could be a comfort and an edification to them. Dear Father, there are those of this number who will be going through treatments and surgeries upcoming this week, and we pray, dear Father, that you would be with them, be with the doctors and nurses that attend to them, that the results may be favorable and they may be back to their normal walks of life very soon. We thank you for our ministers here at Fountainhead, dear Father, the diligence, the love, and the things that they do on the behalf of the congregation here. We just ask that you would bless each one of them in their day-to-day -day lives and be with them and their families. We thank you, dear Father, for the eldership. We, we ask that each one of us would be and an encouragement to these men as they serve and that we would stand behind the decisions that they make. We ask that you would be with them and their families and keep them safe. Dear Father, we are so thankful for the missionaries throughout this world, those here at home and those abroad. We pray, dear Father, that we would lift them up in our prayers, lift them up financially in our, in our giving, dear Father, that the borders of your kingdom may be spread to many souls before 
time here upon this earth is, is ended. We ask, dear Father, that you would be with the men and women of our armed forces. We ask for safety in the things that they are having to do, dear Father. And we ask, dear Father, that you would be with their families at home. Help us to be a comfort and an encouragement to them. We thank you especially, dear Father, for Jesus, for his willingness to die upon that cross, to give us that hope of a home with you in heaven. And it's through his name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
scripture reading this morning is taken from Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Glad you're here. We got some guests. We are so glad you're here. We hope that our worship thus far has been in spirit and truth. I do have uh, one more request that I'd like for you to keep in your prayers. Carolyn Spivey is not here. She's sick at home. If you would remember her <clears throat> in your prayers this uh, afternoon, this evening, and this whole week, really. Just remember her as she's going through uh, healing and trying to get back to normal. Y'all ready? Y'all excited? I hope that you're excited. This is a great day, isn't it? It's the Lord's Day. It's another day where we can all come together and be together. I do have one more thing that I'd like to say, actually two things. Man, a preacher always got an extra thing, right? I've learned that. See, I used to not have that ability. Now, all of a sudden, I can add on a bunch of stuff. Um, but two things. We started off our uh, going out into the community uh, service project, and it was a really good success. I know the rain kind of hindered us from getting out like we wanted to, but we've got packets in people's hands, streets that are going to get uh, visited, and go down and, and ask, already ask Mark what you can do to help if you haven't gotten involved in it yet. It is a really good thing that we have going. And also, I'd like to just mention about the mother-son meal last night. I heard it went really good, and Mike did a good job speaking. I uh, appreciate Sean getting that together, and I think that it was a real blessing for this uh, mother and son, these different meals that we'll be having together. And, and please be a part of these things that we got going, these new uh, things that we're trying in the congregation. Come and, and support it and be a part of it and be uh, involved in what we have. It is a really uh, good work and encouraging, especially you know, from different aspects. I immediately think, I don't know why I think this, but this is where I go. I think of Miss Shirley and, and Jason and Rich. I think about them, you know, they go to Rock Bridge. I mean, Rich is the preacher there, but here they were all together having a meal together. And that's just really, it's a cool dynamic to have, you know, and to be around other brothers and sisters, because again, even though he preaches at that congregation, we all are part of the same family. Amen. We all are part of the family of God. And it's good to visit with uh, people that we may not see all the time. Okay. I'm ready to roll. If you would turn in your Bibles, not to Matthew 20, but to John chapter 13, that's where we're going to start. And we will end up in Matthew chapter 20. But turn to John chapter 13, and I want to look at verses 3 and 5 to kind of get us into what we're going to talk about. We're continuing this series on serving, and last week we talked about how we can serve our family. Today I want to talk about serving each other. One of the most basic characteristics of a Christian, but sometimes the hardest to do, is having the attitude of serving one another. 
You know, the idea of giving our time, our talents, our energies to the body of Christ. Now, the greatest example and teacher of being a servant is none other than who? Jesus Christ. Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And as was just read, and we're going to look at this a little bit more in depth in just a few minutes, but Jesus himself says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and, get, and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus' whole life was one of service to others. And one of the most notable examples of our Savior serving others is when he washed the feet of the disciples. Look at uh, verse 3 in John chapter 13. And I want you to just listen to what John says. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured out water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Skip down to verse 12. He says, so when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down, again he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verse 16, most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. What Jesus teaches us is that true greatness in the kingdom of God consists not in position or authority, but in the way we serve one another. What is greatness? Money? Is it power? Is it fame? If we're going to do what the word tells us, if we're gonna go by what God says and follow the true pattern of fellowship towards one another, we must master what the Lord says about it, amen? Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 says, yet it shall not so be among you, but whoever desires to become great among you let him be your minister or your servant. So to answer the question, what is greatness in the kingdom? We learn from the mouth of our Lord, it's a servant to one another. Jesus knew that the Father had given all things into his hands. He knew where he was going. He knew that he was the creator and the sustainer of all things. Grasp that. But that didn't stop him from getting up from the table and washing the disciples' feet. This concept is hard for the world to understand. 
And it's even hard for us as followers of Jesus if we're not careful. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. And I want to look at verses 25 through 28. I want us to think about the concept of greatness. In this context, in verse 20, uh, the mother of James and John, she asked Jesus a question. She said in verse 21, uh, grant that these two sons of mine may sit on on your right hand, one on your right hand, and the other on the left in your kingdom. Think about that for a minute. And you know, even in Luke chapter 22, verse 24, the disciples, they had this dispute amongst themselves as to which of them should be considered the greatest. When we become Christians, we must be very careful how to live our lives. We must be very careful to remember what we are to be about. Isn't that to become the image of the Son of God? So what can we learn from this area of Scripture on what greatness is? Look with me in verse 25. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. What can we learn from this text? The first thing to consider this morning is we got to have the right attitude. Attitude is everything, isn't it? If your heart ain't in it, are you going to be successful at it? (laughs) Absolutely not. If your heart is in the right place, if your heart is focused on what it's supposed to be focused on, your attitude will be right on point. Jesus tells the disciples that if you want to be great amongst each other, it doesn't come by means of ruling It doesn't come by means of lording over. No, it comes by servanthood. Look in verse 23. Back up with me. She asked this question uh, to Jesus. And Jesus in verse 22, he says, You do not, not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm about to be baptized with? And they said to him, We are able. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my father. See, Jesus doesn't say uh, wanting to be great is a bad thing. It's just the way you go about it is what makes it, makes it right or wrong. 
Look at verse 27. I'm wanting us to read these scriptures and then I'll tie them all together. Verse 27 says this, very powerful thought really. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. (laughs) That's a dangerous word, isn't it? In today's society, the word slave is somebody who has no choice, who has no option. I've fully given myself over to do whatever you tell me to do, no questions asked. Jesus says that just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, so should we. And who should we serve? Each other. You want to know how we go out into the world and preach the gospel? We're encouraged by each other to do it. You know, when you don't feel like going out by yourself, somebody may go with you, right? Isn't that encouraging? If we don't help each other out, we will not be successful. How do I know that? Because Jesus makes a very strong point that we must serve each other. See, it's not about your power. It's not about your fame. It's not about all these things that the world wants to exalt in showing how great you are. It is the exact opposite. It's a servant. Who washed the feet? The lowliest man on the totem pole. And Jesus sets the precedent that that, you see that picture I got right there, that pawn? How powerful is that pawn when you come to the game of chess? It can only move one time, right? It's only got one move, doesn't it? But look at that crown on the top. When we think of a crown, what do we think? We think of a king, right? We think of somebody who is up there on the totem pole. Jesus says that if you want to be the king, if you want to be great in the sense of uh, looking at this illustration, you must first be that pawn and want to. You want to know how God looks at somebody who has this attitude? Just like that. You see, we have this understanding in other aspects of our Christian walk. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. I don't just get in the race, and I've been on this verse for a while too. I probably—I don't know if I preached it up here or not, but I've been preaching it to people for a long time. And I'm going to still preach it because you know what? It is a great application. If you run in a race to just be in the race, that is not a godly principle. When you run in a race, you run in the race to win it. If you're in your Christian walk and God sets this understanding for us to be the best servants that we can be, what should be our mission? To serve each other. What can I do to help you? What can I do to help you be stronger in your walk? What can I do to be there for you when times get tough? What a great thing this letter to this congregation or this school, I don't know exactly where it went to. What a great encouraging thing. Were you guys not encouraged when it got read off? (laughs) That's awesome. And they were encouraged too. That is what Christianity is all about. 
See, I run in a race to win it. So my servanthood needs to be at its top level, not at just a mediocre place. We all understand ball. We all understand sports. Maybe your deal is baseball. Maybe your deal is volleyball. Maybe your deal is football. Maybe it's basketball. Uh, Libby told me that she wants to do soccer. I'm like, oh, man, and I'm not knocking soccer. But I'm not good at coaching soccer. I'm like, but that's all right. She likes soccer. So we know ball. But when you play in that game, you don't just play the game to be a part of it. You play the game to win. Am I right about it? When we have the right attitude towards servanthood, we are going to be the best servant that we can be. Jesus says, if you want to be the greatest amongst Christians, then you got to be a slave to them. Wow. A slave. I want us to think about this, 1 Kings chapter 12, and you don't have to turn there, but this is the story of Rehoboam. And if you have some time, just look into it. Great illustration on being a servant. See, uh, Jeroboam and, and all of Israel come to Rehoboam, and what they're wanting to do is they're wanting them to lighten the load. They said, Solomon is, is, had this heavy load on us, and we were having to work so hard. Will you just lighten the load? Rehoboam tells him to go away and come back in three days, maybe, I think, is what the scriptures say. It may not be. Uh, it may be a couple more. But in verse 6 and 7, the elders who stood before Solomon, he, they have this conversation with Rehoboam. And he says, what do I need to do? And these elders said, if you'll be a servant to these people today, if you'll serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. If you'll be a servant to them, they'll be a servant to you forever. But these young men that he used to run with, that he grew up with, he goes and he talks to them. And they tell him in verse 10, they say, tell the people this. You see my little finger right here? This little finger is going to be thicker than my father's waist. I'm not letting up. I'm actually going to put more on you because of who I am. I'm the king. Being the greatest isn't about ruling and lording over others. The greatest in the kingdom is the one who serves others the most. Is our attitude towards serving right? And don't miss what I'm saying. So we should serve, 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 and just let people take advantage of us. Come on now. We serve because we want to show others that we love them. What happens at Christmas, brethren? What happens after we get out of Thanksgiving and we move into the Christmas season? Don't we get really excited about helping people out? Don't we get into the, the mode of wanting to help others? Which is good, and I'm not knocking it at all. But what about the rest of the year? 
Is it just a one-time deal that we think about helping and serving each other? Or is it something that should be constantly on our mind? Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve so that people would have hope. Think about this second thing, which leads right into it. We, may, we need to have the right attitude, but we also need to be seeing the needs of others. Look at verses 26 and 27 again. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. What does Jesus say? Whoever wants to be great, let him be your minister or your servant. And then he says, he who wants to be first, be your slave. Brethren, the only way that we're going to know if others need help, the only way that we're gonna know if others need something is if we're involved in their lives. Are we checking on people? Are we seeing if they need anything? Are we trying to find, and I'm not saying that we're not doing it, brethren. But this is why Christianity is so powerful if it's used the right way. Because consistency is the point. It's not just during the Christmas season, it's all the time we're trying to help. You know, we went to those houses and one of the things that we would talk about was, hey, we're trying to find out if you need some physical needs. We're trying to get the church out of the building. And by getting out of the building, what we're doing is coming to your house and we're saying, hey, do you need anything financially? Do you need any support? Because we're ready to help you. Do you need any food? Do you need any, what do you need? We're ready to help. If I'm not doing that with my brothers and sisters, shame on us. Acts 2 verses 44 and 45, this is where it began. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. I'm not going to fuss with my brothers and sisters. I'm not going to snub my nose when I see him in the community because that's my brother. That's my sister. You're struggling. You're hurting. Let me help you out. What can I do to help you? You want to know what happens when that becomes our mind frame? Making a bunch of money, having all these things, material blessings, they start going out the door. And what I become is just like Jesus. Jesus said, I ain't got nowhere to lay my head. He had nowhere to lay his head because it didn't matter. 100% all the time looking for the opportunity. Brethren, they sold their possessions and their goods and they divided them among all as anyone had need. And that's from the least to the greatest. When we are looking for opportunities to help our brothers and sisters, we are fulfilling what Jesus wants all of us to be about. Church, he wants us all to be great. You know, I remember one time when me and Aaron had the flu and I was sick, y'all. 
And Aaron was too. Isaac wasn't around. He was staying away. Libby wasn't around. She was staying away. And Electa text Aaron, and we needed some stuff. And Donnie stepped in <laughs> to the house, passed the caution tape, <laughs> and dropped the bag off for me. I still remember that. Every time I give them a hug, every time I give them a handshake, I remember that. And what do I want to do in return? I want to do something for them. Amen? If I'm doing something for you and you're doing something for me and somebody else is doing something for somebody, if that is a constant thing that's going on, are we going to have troubles? Absolutely. Are we going to have struggles? Absolutely. But what we're here to do is pick each other up, bear each other's burdens, be there for whatever the situation is. Crowder's moving. What an encouragement was to see people over there helping them out. Awesome. And I'm not saying that we're not doing it but we can abound even more and more, amen? If you looked at yourself right now, how are you doing when it comes to that? How many people do you reach out in the congregation? How many people do you reach out to see if they're doing okay, to check on them? Paul has a great illustration of this. He's locked up. He's writing the Philippians. And look at what he says in verse 23. He says, for I'm hard pressed. This is the area of scripture where Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Watch this. Watch the, watch the blessing that'll come out of this. He says, for I'm hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Isn't that right, brothers and sisters? Isn't it way better to be with Jesus? I'd say yes. But watch what Paul does. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for myself. For you, this man's in prison. He has nothing. Am I exalting Paul? Absolutely not. Paul is a man just like us. But you know what Paul understood? He cared about others. Look at what he says in verse 25. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. Paul brings a great point. To be with Jesus is way better, but to remain is more needful for the Philippians. But it wasn't just Paul helping them. They were helping Paul. Verse 27 in the same chapter goes on to say that whether he comes to them or not, he is excited to hear of their affairs. He wants to hear their affairs, and look at what else he says. That they are of one spirit, that they are of one mind, and they are striving together for the faith of the gospel. Not solo, not one by one, together. Are we all of the same mind here at Fountainhead? Do we have a servant's heart? We all understand 
that Jesus is going to come back. We all look forward to that day. But while we're here on this earth, is it our goal to help others with their progress of their faith? Being there when they're down. Being there when they're brokenhearted. Being there when they're sad. Being there when they need a financial need. Being there when they need just somebody to talk to because they're down and out. Are we checking on our brothers and sisters? And if you are, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But if you're not, the world don't understand us. The world makes fun of us. The world calls us weirdos. If you don't think it, it's true. But as a group, as a family, we know that ain't true. We know what we long for is real. We know who we serve is a guy who came and died and wants us to go with him. To heaven forever. Are we here to help each other with the progress of our faith? With joy? I hope so. Because then you're ready for the reward. And I close with this. Verse 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Because of the way Jesus lived, the mindset that he had to serve and not to be served, he became the ransom for us. What is the ransom? The ransom is the price for redeeming something. Jesus the man was the payment for our sins. And the price was death. But he didn't stay down, did he, brethren? Now he rose up on the third day and has given us all a chance to receive everlasting life if we will follow him. Luke chapter 12, verse 35 talks about a faithful servant and it talks about keeping your waist girded and your lamps burning because they're waiting for the master's return. And when the master does return, the servant is blessed because he has been watching for him. And Luke 12, verse 37 says this, blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Hey, if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm not looking for the master to return. It doesn't matter. I'm sidetracked. But if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I'm ready for him to return because I want to tell him all the things that I got going on. I want to tell him about all the situations that I'm a part of, that I'm trying to help, that I'm trying to strengthen, that I'm trying to grow. Paul said in in Philippians chapter 1 verse 22 before uh, he gets into what we just talked about, he says, but if I live on in the flesh... This will mean fruit from my labor. Brethren, we're in the flesh. Jesus Christ hadn't come back. How much fruit do you have from your labor? Because one day he will. 
And Jesus says, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. That's real talk. Jesus Christ is coming back. We may play it. We may brush it off. We may not have time for it. We may think about it sometimes, and then we may uh, come back around to it when we feel guilty. But here's the deal. Jesus is watching, and Jesus is going to give to everyone according to their work. What is greatness? It can be summed up with this. Whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 says this, Therefore, as we have opportunity, you got the opportunity, brothers and sisters? If you have the opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let's love on each other. Let's be there for each other. Let's be an encouragement to each other. Let's not build a clique. Let's not build a group. Let's be a family and love everybody the same. Maybe you're here today and you need prayers. Maybe you're here today and you haven't been doing that. Maybe you're struggling today. Maybe you just want to get it right. Maybe you need prayers. We can help you in any way. But maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. Don't miss on the opportunity. Jesus said he came to serve so that he could be that ransom, so that you could be saved forever, forgiven. On the day of Pentecost, there were some Jews that were pricked in the heart. They, were, they knew that they had done something very terrible. They had killed Jesus, and they wanted to know how they could fix it. Peter told them that they needed to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. If you need to become a Christian, if you need to be added to the body, Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. If you need to be saved, come right now. Together we stand and sing. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing.
Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity to be able to come here this morning and to study your word. And Lord, we pray that each and every day that we look for an opportunity to serve each other and to serve those in our community. We're so thankful, Lord, for the visitation program and getting that started. And we pray, Lord, that we understand that it's not just a one-time uh, every three months that we look for an opportunity to talk to someone, our family, our friends, our neighbors each and every day that we can tell them about what your son has done for us. Lord, we're so thankful for Fountainhead and we're thankful for all the work that's being done. We're thankful for Matt and his ability and we're for Doug and for Derek and the work that they do. We're thankful, Lord, for our elders and our deacons and the commitment that they make in order to stand upon your word. Lord, we have many that are sick and many that have lost loved ones, and we pray, Lord, that you would be with them and heal them and help them, Lord. And we're so thankful, Lord, for uh, the ability to be able to study your word. We pray, Lord, that we always continue to stand upon that and never waver from it. Watch over us, Lord. Care for us. Forgive us when we fail you and we, when we come to you and ask for that forgiveness. And we ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> 